0: Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. So, we are going to be talking about discovering your non negotiables around work and home. So, You may be wondering, well, what the heck does this have to do with clearing out clutter in my life? Well, as you start to clear out the clutter in your life, as you learn to sit still, you're going to, because it is just human nature, have people challenge you And it could be challenging you physically um, in regards to your time. It could be challenging you verbally in regards to what is a boundary versus a non-negotiable or asking for things that are inappropriate. So this is one of those master level class ideas that if you don't get it the first time around when you're listening to the episode or it really doesn't click, don't worry about it. Listen to a couple of the other episodes in the archives and come back to this one because this one really takes time once you've cleared out some room and some schedule in your life for it to actually have a bigger impact than if you were trying to implement it on day one of your clutter clearing journey. So As always, I'll give you tons of examples, I'm going to have the journal prompts at the end, they'll all be at the blog, margaretstevens.co, and I will actually give you what I feel is my definition of the difference between a boundary and having a non-negotiable, and I'll give you tons of examples of how this can apply to your life at home and at work. So, with that being said, let's get started. I want to start off with a story like I most of the time always do just because I believe again stories are the easiest way for us to learn and if you can relate to something that I'm talking about even if you haven't gone through this personally it may jar something in you that you could be like oh well this is my version of her story. So the first story I want to tell you is a work-related story. Um, For a couple years my husband and I owned a brick and mortar business I've told you about that in the past in past episodes well in regards to that brick and mortar business because it was a very client facing retail type of business we were a motorcycle repair shop so it wasn't something that was kind of customer facing, where maybe we dealt with business to business and the consumer. We were strictly business to consumer. We had to have people dropping off their units or coming in and buying things from us to make the business profitable. Well, in the efforts to make the business profitable, things started to get a little wishy-washy. And that wishy-washiness went on for probably about a year and a half and it wasn't necessarily the brightest thing to do because the wishy-washiness led to a lot of drained energy and a lot of lost potential and a lot of lost creative ideas so let me give you an actual example so it can kind of click for you in regards to work, because we owned the business, we physically could set the times that we opened and the times that we closed outside of what would be best for the consumer, we were ultimately control of everything. So I use the running joke, it took me until the end of the business when we decided to close it to realize that if I wanted to have, you know, noon off every single day of the work week, I could have made that crazy rule and the customer base would have had to comply with it. So the amount of power I had when we owned our own business really didn't click in until we left it. But those skills that I learned have transitioned into my next ventures. So one thing that we used to have issues with, and it was more of understanding what the difference of a boundary versus a non-negotiable was. And I'll get to the definitions of that in a second, but just bear with me. One of the issues we had was having people, reach out, having our customers, because we were very accessible through Facebook, having our customers reach out to us either through Facebook or through, you know, phone calls. Well, after we had closed, I'm not talking like five or 10 minutes, I'm talking an hour or two hours after we had closed. And from there, wanting us to do things for them that should have been done during business hours. So, One thing we could have done is we could have taken our Facebook... Like, when we started doing this, Facebook really didn't have the option until near the end. But we could have had an autoresponder on Facebook and said, hey, you know, we're closed. If it's an emergency, here's the number of a tow company. Um, They know the code to our gate. Just let us know, yada, yada, yada. If not, we'll talk to you in the morning. We could have had an autoresponder. And then near the end, we did. But we also gave license to drastically too many people in regards to being able to reach us late. So they knew that if they saw our cars outside, that it was like this unspoken rule about, I don't know, maybe thirty. 30, 40 different customers knew that if they saw our cars outside but the front door was locked that they could walk around the back to the back of the shop because again, it was a shop so you had the front-facing doors and then you had a gate on the side and then you had the back entrance where all the mechanical work was done. They could walk around the side and they could drop off their bike or they could interrupt us or they could kind you know, this sounds bad but I'm not trying to make it sound bad but they knew that They could basically come at any given time as long as our cars were there and they could interrupt us. And where in the beginning it used to be okay because we only had a handful of clients that did that, it started to get to the point where it was overwhelming. It started started to get to the point where they knew what our vehicles looked like, of course, over time. So if they ran into us at a restaurant or if they ran into us at the grocery store, there was never any boundaries. There was never any like, hey, how are you doing? It was, oh, what's going on with my bike? And obviously, in the middle of a grocery store is not necessarily the time and the place. So having that scenario of having our boundaries constantly encroached on because we didn't even know how to set proper boundaries, because we assumed that if we had boundaries, we wouldn't have clientele, which in reality was kind of the dumbest thing. And we needed to learn the hard way because we've never done it like that since. But Since we didn't understand what a boundary was, there was no way in God's creation, we were ever going to be able to understand what a non negotiable was because again, those are two drastically different things. So let me give you an example. What are my definitions of a boundary versus a non negotiable. So this story can make a little more sense. A boundary is something that you're flexible on, but it's pretty firm. So let me give you a very good example. A boundary is a boundary is not responding to clientele Facebook messages after the doors have closed. So and it doesn't matter whether you know, and it can be maybe it's for you, it's email, because uh, I'm trying to think of a work related example. So maybe for you, it's email. So You have a boss and your boss decides to email you a bunch of crap at 7 o'clock at night, but mind you, you left work at 5.30. So short of, you know, literally being at a higher level management or a CEO style where you have a crisis, shit's going to hit the fan, you're going to lose a bajillion dollars or your clients, you know, whatever is going to implode like I used to have those days in IT. If I got, you know, 10, 11, 12 emails at 9 o'clock at night, I would have to look to see... Is it just a client making a complaint about something that can get fixed in the morning? Or is it like shits on fire? So with that type of a scenario, for you, it could be emails, it could be text messages, it could be phone calls. For me, in this work example, it was having people reach out to us through Facebook in particular because they knew we would respond. Having, you know, Having them reach out to us on Facebook and us responding to it well after hours. And I'm not talking again like five or 10 minutes after hours. I'm talking hours after hours. So that is a boundary. It's something that it is flexible because, again, if it is a true emergency, I will bend on it. But for the most part, I'm pretty firm. When I leave work, I do not respond to work-related things unless it is literally critical and I'm either going to lose my job or the client's whatever is in jeopardy. That's a boundary. A non-negotiable, let me give you a work-related one, a non-negotiable is getting my my paycheck either every single well, for the most part, every single week because majority of the companies I've worked at lately, even including my own, we got paid weekly. We liked the rhythm of getting paid weekly. It kept the cash flow relatively consistent. So, again, for the past, I don't know, maybe six years, I've been getting paid weekly. So that's a non-negotiable, I will never give up my paycheck, because I know I need to get paid weekly, so I can take care of my family, I will literally move heaven and earth to make sure that that does not change. So can you kind of hear the difference? A boundary is where I'm flexible, but relatively firm, like I'm not going to respond to that Facebook message, doesn't matter how many times you message me after hours. But I will literally no longer work at a company that does not see through in paying me in the agreement we've come upon. So whether it is weekly, biweekly, once a month, doesn't matter, whatever the agreement is, if a company is not willing to pay me in the agreements and the terms we've come to, I will no longer work for them. So you can kind of hear the difference of a boundary and an unnegotiable. And going back to the work example, when it came to clients, we didn't know We didn't know the difference between a boundary and a non-negotiable. And maybe, you know, my example is going to try and, you know, bring something up for you in your work life. So maybe for you, it is the example, like I said, of emails or maybe phone calls or text messages Or maybe it's the difference because I know a lot of moms, um, not necessarily single moms, but primary caretaker moms. I know a lot of moms that need to be non-negotiable to pick up their kids because they have to go. They have to leave their jobs at this time so they can pick up their kids from daycare at this time. That is a non-negotiable. They physically have to go and pick up their kids. A boundary example for work might be, okay, well, I might work, Yeah, I might not want to work weekends, but maybe once a month I work weekends so that my schedule is smoother. You see what I mean? It's a little bit flexible, but it's still relatively firm. You don't really want to work weekends, but you know that to make your schedule work, you may have to work a weekend once a month or something like that so that your non-negotiable is not affected. Your boundary is kind of like the first line of defense in regards to your non-negotiable. So your boundary is going to be the first thing that goes Technically, if you have to give something up and then your non-negotiable is going to be kind of like where the buck stops, like heaven, hell, it doesn't matter. Nothing gets past this. So that is a work example. And kind of to wrap up the story I gave you in regards to work, where we started to learn the difference of a boundary and non-negotiables is when we have been working this breaknecking, break neck breaking, <laughs> neck breaking pace for two almost three years so almost the entire length of the business we're working and we're working and we're working and near the end it felt like we had nothing left to give so when we made the decision and I'll go into this into another episode but when we made the decision to close the business it was as much a um it was a much a reality in regards to the market and seeing where the, the money was moving, where the clientele was moving and realizing we didn't want to move there as it was having the energy to physically do the job. So didn't matter how much I loved it, didn't how much of a difference we felt we made, I didn't have the energy to continue on doing what I was doing because I didn't have boundaries for so long and I didn't have non-negotiables for so long that I felt like there was nothing left in us to give. So to wrap up the work one, What I could have done, what I do now is I have boundaries that I need to, if I know, it doesn't matter where I'm working, whether I'm working for myself, working on this podcast, working at an employer, working, you know, it doesn't matter, right? I know my boundary is when it is quitting time, I stop working and I leave and I go home. Maybe once in a blue moon, I'll have to either stay a couple minutes late or maybe come in a couple minutes early or maybe I have to hang out maybe five, 10 minutes at most to help a client out. But outside of that, my boundary is pretty firm. I know that when it is time to go home so that I have something to give and I can replenish myself on a daily basis, I need to leave. Doesn't matter how much the type A person in me wants to stay and wants to keep working. A non-negotiable, again, goes back to I will always get paid what we agreed on on the schedule we agreed on. That's like when it comes to work, that's the difference of a boundary versus a non-negotiable. And those are things I have learned over time. And again, just kind of another little side tangent. If you work for yourself or maybe you're in the process of working for yourself, maybe you have like a side hustle. When it comes to clients, this is one thing that I feel almost all of us have to learn. And it's fucking painful. Like it's so fucking painful to learn it. But... I don't believe that you can truly embrace it without going through the pain. Um, when it comes to clients, you need to be non-negotiable around your pay structure. So if you have a job, we used to have a threshold. If the job was over $500, the client had to pay the deposit for the job up front and pay it in half. And then they would pay the second half when they picked up the unit. So I'm going to make up an example. Say it was a $3,000 build. We had to do All of this repair and customization to the unit right if the quote was three thousand give or take and mind you it was always a rough quote if the quote was three thousand for us to get started for us to order parts for us to assign someone to work on that unit they had to pay me fifteen hundred dollars up front for me to get started until they did that I did not lift a finger and it used to be where I didn't have the courage to say that but what went from a boundary to a non negotiable was spending having a couple of customers drop off their units, and it was a big ticket three four five six thousand dollar ticket, which would have been you know rarely fairly profitable you know, but it would have been great cash flow for my business where we would start to go ahead and do all of this work. The client would run into magical money issues. And then by the time the project was done, they magically didn't have the money for when the project was done or they would. But instead of paying me all at that time, they would have to pay me in three, four, five, six, seven chunk installments. Mind you, I never let the physical property leave until everything was paid in full. So we had that option to physically retain something. And because of that, sometimes clients would abandon their motorcycles with us. And now, mind you, I have this amount of money out on something. And now I have to go for the title. I have to go do the paperwork. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to waste all this time and money money and energy. You know, but not everyone has the option, especially in more and more digital age and the more and more digital side work that we do. We don't always have the option to retain all of the things that you're working on before you release it to the client. So with that being said, especially because there's so much things that people are doing digitally when it comes to side jobs, don't start anything until you get paid half up front. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be building a website. It could be. Um, creating Facebook ads for someone, it could be creating social media posts for someone, it could be working on their Instagram accounts or Pinterest accounts, it could be um, creating a sales page, writing copy, it doesn't matter what it is. No one is truly committed. And I know I'm going on a tangent, but bear with me because I feel like someone needs to hear this because I know I needed to hear it. Um, So hopefully whoever it is that you're listening to me. And knowing this is in a loving way because I'm just trying to save you heartache and lost money. So no one is fully committed on anything until money is on the table. I don't care what they say. I don't care how much they're like, yeah, I'm committed. I'm this. I'm that. Rah, rah, rah. It doesn't matter what they say. We never look at what people say. We look at what people do. So they're committed when they hand over the cash, when they hand over the credit card, when they do the bank transfer, when physical ducats is in your hand and preferably half because I always go with half because that is the easiest rule in the world to remember. It's not client specific, it's not discriminatory in any way. Doesn't matter how big or how small the job is, half needs to be upfront. If you prefer to get paid in thirds, if that depending on the type of work you do, so maybe you do type of like physical work. If being paid in thirds makes more sense keep that uniforms for every single customer keep it so that every job you do that's under you know over a certain threshold let's say three hundred dollars you get paid a third a third a third and here are the rules you get paid a third to start the job you get it paid a third in the middle of the job you get paid the last third third at the end of the job for us because of the amount of physical parts we had to buy it always made more sense to do half up front because that always gave us enough it not gave us enough because of cash flow, but it gave us the commitment level from the customer so that we could go ahead and use their money, quote unquote, to buy all of their parts. And then the other half is basically was majority of the time the labor. So it, it was okay for us to go ahead and get paid the second half on pawn completion, because majority of it was labor, um, not necessarily 1000s upon 1000s of dollars of parts out. So that is a very long-winded example given um, version of what a boundary is versus a non-negotiable when it comes to work. Now. I'm going to give you one other little story when it comes to work that's different than money. I'm going to talk about time. So time is another thing that it is super easy, especially again, you're clearing out the clutter of your life. You're making it so that things are more flowy, more happy. You feel like you have more down days. You feel like you can breathe again and you can recharge on a consistent basis, maybe not yet weekly, but maybe way more freaking consistently than what you were doing. So things are getting better for you. This is the time where people start to identify the, the, the people in general that are breaking their boundaries and also breaking their non-negotiables. So when it comes to time and it comes to time at work, the easiest example I've always been able to give is leaving on time or being interrupted after hours for non-critical things. So a boundary could be that you need to leave at a specific time so that you could pick up your kids, go home and make dinner, go home and dance naked in the rain. Like it doesn't matter. The reasoning behind all of this, once you gain the confidence around it, the reasoning behind what your boundary is and what your non-negotiable is really doesn't matter because it has to be something you believe in so powerfully that it's irrelevant for anyone else because you are willing to fight for it. And I don't use those words lightly. There will be times as you are creating your boundaries and your non-negotiables that you will have to fight for them. So again, it could be you need to have a boundary to leave on time so that you can go to Starbucks and buy a pink unicorn drink at the end of every workday. Like again, you don't have to justify it to me. You don't have to justify it to anyone. You just need to know what it is. So that would be a boundary leaving on time. See again, every once in a blue moon, you don't mind staying a little bit late. And non-negotiable in regards to time at work is, okay, maybe you have to stay a couple minutes late, but assuming something is literally not on fire, you are not working after hours. You're not, you know, getting a phone call from your boss. It's 11 o'clock at night. And, oh, my God, I forgot. There's this, 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 and this. First off, I would hope that you just wouldn't answer your phone. And I know depending on the job, you might not have that ability yet. But you can start to change it over time. You can, And here's how you can start to change it. Let me not just say that. Let me give you an example of how to change it. When I worked in IT, I worked for a company. Again, this, was, this conversation of boundaries versus non-negotiables took me about five years to learn. And there was very, no, 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 about seven, seven years to learn. I had to think about a job that really beat me up on this one but it was very painful seven years because I didn't know the difference of a boundary I didn't know the difference between that and a non-negotiable I didn't know what I was fighting for I didn't know why and so I was like putty I was like wishy-washy when it came to all of this stuff so when I worked in IT I worked for a company that thought that they could reach you twenty four freaking seven and I'm talking literally twenty four seven. So there would be nights where we would do deployments and we would work our normal day, leave at about five, six o'clock, go home, eat dinner, jump back on to group chats and webinars back at around nine, ten o'clock at night, do a deployment until midnight, and then if the deployment failed, we'd have to stay up till two, three, four o'clock in the morning fixing things, doing a rollback And then so that the client could be stable for the next working day, because we worked in healthcare software, and then go into work at nine o'clock the next day. Now, I hope you can listen to that, like, press the pause button, rewind for 15 seconds and listen to that schedule. That schedule was fucking crazy. Like, it was brutal. Mind you, I loved what I did because I felt like we were making a difference. And we really did. But the schedule was fucking brutal. Now, mind you, we were doing that schedule three and four nights a week for at least a year. That shit was fucking brutal. So where I had a say in certain things, I never took it. So I never took the boundaries of, well, I know I'm going to have to be on a deployment anyway at nine o'clock at night on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays or Monday, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Let me leave at five o'clock because I know I'm going to be online anyway. Instead of spending my lunch time completely, you know, like not just gabbing because I believe we all need to take a lunch to kind of recoup but I would spend my lunch time half-ass working half-ass gabbing instead of taking an hour-long lunch if it was really that important to me I should have had a time boundary to be like you know what I'm going to take my 30 minutes I'm going to go outside I'm going to go we had this really pretty uh, grassy knollish area where there was these gorgeous trees and a little creek and it was extremely quiet and being the major introvert I am I need to be able to recharge and being in nature recharges me way faster than being outside of nature so I would go in there and I would recharge instead of saying okay I'm going to take 30 minutes the world's not going to implode 30 minutes go eat lunch go recharge come back refreshed I would work half acidly and so I would have by the end of, end of the day damn near no energy I wouldn't leave on time and then this resentment built over time because I didn't have a clear boundary versus a non-negotiable when it came to my time at work was taking my PTO I can't tell you how freaking moronic it was. Mind you, because of the type of job I had and the type of job my husband had. He used to be a software um, engineer, Cisco software engineer, if any of you know IT-ish words. So lots of acronyms, lots of of ducats spent getting him his education, but well worth it. Mind you, we both had crazy schedules because of it. So a non-negotiable should have been for us well. It doesn't matter if we have to plan our vacations six months out in advance because that is the length of a project and we know it's going to be in, in between the lull of one project and the other. Most of the time we knew what our clients look like within six months time frames. Instead of knowing that and planning my vacation, I would just let it go and let it go and let it go until our six, eight, ten months down the road. I am so angry and so bitter because i didn't stand up for myself that i was crabby i was bitchy i wasn't giving my best work because there was nothing in me left to give you see the pattern when you don't have clear boundaries and you don't have clear non-negotiables eventually there's going to be nothing left to give and you're going to get burnt out so what a non-negotiable would have been time-wise for work was taking my vacation so if I had consciously taken my vacation every six months, I would have, it didn't matter what I did, I meant I would have taken time away with my husband where we could relax and we could reconnect because keeping my relationship with my husband healthy is a non-negotiable for me. It doesn't matter, work cannot intrude on it, family can't intrude on it, nothing can intrude on it. Having a healthy relationship with him is a non-negotiable. So... When it comes to work and time, I hope you can realize that a boundary is for the most part leaving on time, but a non-negotiable is taking your vacation time. Whether you take it and you have a staycation, doesn't matter. Whether you take it and you go on a cruise because that's the only way your job will uh, let you disconnect, doesn't matter. Whether you take it and you build it up, you know, maybe once every year so that you could go on one badass vacation doesn't matter you need to have the non-negotiable of taking the time off that you are accruing so that you have something left to give and you can recharge on a deeper level so with those two tangents being said that is an example of having boundaries versus non-negotiables at work now the second half of this podcast I'm going to talk about having the non-negotiables for your home life versus boundaries at your home life and of course I will give you journal prompts so I hope you're ready for them Okay, so let's dive into part two of this episode. So we are going to go over discovering the non-negotiables versus boundaries at home because the first half of this episode was all dedicated to work. Let's talk about the other half of your life, your home life. So let me give you an example of what my boundary is at home versus my non-negotiable at home. So this can click a little bit better for you. My boundary at home is having a clean home. Again, my boundary is something that I am flexible on, but relatively firm. Mind you, I am not at the proportions of OCD-ness that my mother-in-law is. You know, my home is always relatively clean because, again, I have six animals. I have three cats. I have three dogs. So a boundary to me is having a clean home. Do I make sure I deep clean my home every at least every week? Yes, because I like to have a clean home, and I know that having that many animals means I have to put a little extra work into it. Um, does that mean that I am mopping my floors every single night just because? No. But that does mean I may be vacuuming every other day. I'm dusting once a week. I do a good deep clean once a week because I want my home to be a certain level of cleanliness. We also have this policy at home and we call it the clear surface policies. So for the most part, um, we make sure that either at the end of every night or every other night at minimum, we put all of the stuff away that's on counters. We put our laptops away. We put notebooks away. I put my purse away. The book I'm reading goes into the specific spot it's supposed to be in. Clothing gets put away. Um, there's not a bunch of dishes left out. Like we like to make sure that our home, again, it's a boundary, has very clean surfaces on it with nothing on it except the appropriate thing. So in the kitchen, the only thing that's left out outside of the salt and pepper shaker is the Keurig everything else gets put away everything else gets put away from the dining room table everything has a home in our life or yeah a home everything in our house has a home <laughs> so that is a boundary for us we like to have a clean home and we maintain that level of clean cleanliness in a home a non-negotiable for our home life is having downtime downtime slash extra sleep so for my husband He needs a specific level of downtime. He needs, he has a higher threshold than I do where I need to have downtime at least twice a week. He needs to have it maybe once every two weeks. So it just took time to learn those things between the two of us. But we know that when we don't have that, we're crabby, we're grouchy, we're biting each other's heads off for literally the dumbest things, having arguments over literally nothing. So, For us, a non-negotiable is having downtime. Mind you, we have different versions of that, but still it's having downtime nonetheless. For me, another one, well, actually for both of us, another one is extra sleep. So... I require what I feel like is an obscene amount of sleep. And pretty much every weekend, part of my downtime is sleeping. So almost every single weekend, just because this is how my body is wired, it has nothing to do with bragging or pride or any of that crap. Um, And it took a long time to come to this acceptance. At least once a week, I need to sleep until noon. It doesn't matter that I'm gonna to have to get up at 6.50 in the morning, take the babies, put them outside, clean up after them, feed the cats, feed the dogs, give everyone their snackums, it doesn't matter. I will wake up, do my, my job as a mommy, and then once everyone's inside and everyone's good, go right back to bed and sleep until noon because it is a non-negotiable for me. I do not function without having one day of really good deep extended sleep. Now, during the week when it's a work week or a work day, I don't need to sleep until noon. I don't feel the urge. I don't feel the desire. I naturally wake up right around the time my alarm's about to go off, or if not, one of the dogs will gently poke or prod me, or a cat will literally sit on me and meow, (laughs) so that I wake up when my alarms go off. Not a problem. Not that big of a deal, but on the weekends... Years I've tried fighting this where oh no, I don't need to sleep in, it's a bad virtue, I'm not gonna get the amount of things I need done, blah blah blah. In reality, it needed to become a non-negotiable for me because it was a way that I can recharge. So normally a non-negotiable is either something that you again when it comes to home life, it's a way for you to either recharge or it's a way for you to defend something you love. So having you know clean water for my animals is a non-negotiable we had a water i think we had a pipe burst or whatever like a month ago in the county and with that being said mind you i'm on a different water supply um that's not 100% affected, it wasn't affected by it, um, and I have a water filtration system set up at the house, but I'm like, you know what, Yep, nope. not even going to chance it, my babies need fresh drinking water, I went out to Walmart, bought a couple of cases of water, and that's how I fed my animals, they had clean bottled drinking water until I felt the threat was past, even though it really shouldn't have affected us, I wasn't going to take a chance, because my babies get literally the best of me, and their care and their well-being and their safety is a non-negotiable for me again a boundary at home is being clean or a certain level of cleanliness for me another boundary at home is making sure that I don't know we invite people over Um, We don't overdo it because again, we're both introverts. We're just different levels of introverts. So you know, yeah, I'll have people over but in my younger 20s, I used to have people over four and five nights a week. Now it's maybe one to two nights a week because we know that we can be flexible on it. Or even if that means going out, we can be flexible about it. But there's a threshold in us that if you keep doing this over and over again, you're going to be really, really grouchy. So Now that I've given you a shorter, but at least hopefully in-depth version of what a boundary is versus a non-negotiable at home, let me start diving into some of the journal prompts so you can take this and you can run with it. And I'll probably have another example related to home for you after we've gone over the journal prompts. So let's dive into the prompts. Prompt number one, what is something, and mind you, this is if you do not know what a boundary or non-negotiable is for you. What is something you feel strongly about? You heard me. I gave you examples of time, vacation, pay, taking care of my animals, taking care of myself and my sleep. What is something that you feel strongly about, but you're not implementing right now? And how does that make you feel? So. What I used to not implement, again, going back to past me, I used to not implement the sleep one. So I used to feel super strongly about sleep. And when I would let myself crash, you know, once every three weeks versus every weekend, instead of sleep until noon, I would sleep until four. And I would almost literally sleep the entire way day away because I was so exhausted. I felt very strongly about getting a lot of sleep but I never actually implemented it and it made me feel frustrated. You can kind of hear me journaling out loud with you guys. Let me give you an example of something I'm doing for the future me. Again, I hope you go back to one of my favorite episodes, which is caring for your future self. So future me is knowing that I cannot overload my schedule. I feel really strongly about that, but I haven't been implementing it per se that well because I I don't know. I have this weird concept that future Margaret is going to have less shit on her plate, but yet future Margaret is always being having stuff put on her plate. So it's this weird dichotomy of, yeah, she's not going to have that much to do in the future, but yet I'm never taking anything off of her plate. So I'm really focusing on that right now. So because I feel really strongly about taking stuff off of future Margaret's plate, I am working on implementing making sure that I either cut out projects that I'm not 100% passionate about, or if there is a project, trying to wrap it up as quickly as possible, or maybe outsourcing it appropriately. And it's making me feel better. It's making me feel a little bit calmer. But right now it feels very frustrating because there's probably about five or six things that are in the works right now that I just don't really have that much control over. So it's just a matter of knowing that having things on my plate in the future when I really need to just get through them it makes me feel frustrated but knowing that I am actively taking them off my plate makes me feel better so that is something that I am doing for future self so next journal prompt if you did x how would that move you forward in life Sometimes we need to think about not only our present day self, but again, going back to that future self episode, we need to think about future you. So future Karen, future Tiffany, future Jovon, future Amy, future Maylin, future, future, future. It doesn't matter that I don't know your name. We need to think about future you. Most people are never going to care about future you like I do because most people don't give a shit that you move forward in life. They want you to be taking care of them in the present so that it takes something off of their plate because they either don't know how to or they don't know how to say no so in reality what you're doing what you're feeling strongly about how does that move you forward in life i've given you the example for the first journal prompt of taking things off of future margaret's plate if i do that to answer the second Jonah prompt. If I do that, how does that move me forward in life? Well, it makes it a lot easier when we bring a baby, a physical human child into this household. I I don't know when that's going to happen. I can't tell you in six weeks, two days and nine hours, we're going to magically conceive a child and then nine months later, the baby will magically be here and life will be perfect. I have no clue what that's going to look like. But I do know So that future Margaret, who is a parent to not only six fur babies, but also a human child, that taking things off of my plate will make it so that I'm moving forward in life. Because one of my biggest desires has always been to spend as much time as possible with my child uninterrupted before the age of five. Now, I'm not you know that's excluding Work and excluding time with the Grandparents and excluding time with the hubby Like obviously I know I have to share the baby But I don't want The time with my child to be Lost because of dumb bullshit that I Should have taken care of now Or things that I should have just straight up quit or things I should have gotten off my plate or worked a little more aggressively to get off my plate and clear up some boundaries or created some non-negotiables. So I know that in the future when we have that physical child here, I will make sure that one day a week is family day. I don't care what that means. I don't care who that interrupts or who gets upset about it because it makes them, you know, not have a great schedule it doesn't matter one day a week will be family day where my husband and I will spend time uninterrupted with our child making memories going to the park watching Disney movies doing sing-alongs watching freaking because we're just we're huge history and science nerds watching the history channel and hopefully not scaring the baby because we're watching Attila the Hun (laughs) or you know watching Neil deGrasse Tyson on the science channel or whatever it is but one day fully dedicated to making memories with our child So for that to happen, I have to start creating those boundaries and those non-negotiables now so that future Margaret can move forward in life. Future Margaret could have five years of single-day uninterrupted family days. Now, mind you, if you could think of that, if you're a parent now, think about what the difference that would be for you, where you would have one day uninterrupted where you just made memories. Some people are really, really good at it. And I have a girlfriend that lives in Washington, D.C., No, yeah, no, she lives. Yeah, she lives in D.C. I have a girlfriend that lives in D.C. And she was really good about that. She had a child later in life, wasn't expecting it, but she embraced it with open arms. And she's made it so that weekends are family time. They go to the parks, they go to museums, they have picnics, they do all these cutesy things. And she has tons of pictures and tons of memories that she will treasure till the day she dies. And her daughter will treasure till the day she dies. So that's something that's moving you forward in life. As you start to identify your boundaries, identify your non-negotiables in your home life, in your work life, think about how this is going to move you forward. I gave you the example of time. I can also give you the example of money making sure that I am paid, according to what I've negotiated consistently will also move me forward in life. Because that means I can and again, I've talked about this in a different episode, but I can help us get out of debt, I can help us put money aside in the savings account. So that future us has a level of cushion, I can go ahead and make sure all my bills are paid super on time, because I don't have to worry about cash flow. You know, I could I could I could so An example again of money, of being paid on time, paying consistently is how it moves me forward in life and it frees me up. So hopefully that example can help jar something for you and for you and if you can start answering me out loud, even though I can't hear you, I could probably feel the energy of you answering out loud. If not, take a moment, go to the blog and start looking at these questions so that you can write them down. So journal prompt number three, is what energy would be freed up by not having an endlessly by not having to endlessly defend your beliefs. So, I've talked about having the boss that doesn't respect your boundaries. I've talked about having clients that don't respect your boundaries. I've talked about having family that doesn't respect your boundaries. That takes a shit ton of energy to defend. You may not be realizing it, but I love to use this example. I was talking with a girlfriend I don't know, maybe a month or two ago mm, no two months ago and she's like god you have such great boundaries we didn't even talk about non-negotiables but you have such great boundaries and i always and i told her i'm like yeah because i'm not constantly defending them and she's like what do you mean because with her i talk in a lot of um analogies yeah that's the right word I talk in a lot of a lot, in a lots of analogies because that's what clicks for her so I was like okay here is the analogy of having energy that's freed up because you're not endlessly defending defending what you believe in I believe I have this little energy barrier around me kind of like a Jesus halo for lack of a better word but it literally goes around my entire body it goes around my arms my shoulders my head my legs my feet everywhere I'm kind of like this little glowing sun. And when someone is trying to compromise my boundaries, compromise my non-negotiables, as they're doing that, I think, this is so cheesy, but I think of it since I'm this little mini sun, I know the world doesn't revolve around me, but bear with me on this analogy. Since I'm this little mini sun, As this little torpedo, because in my head they're torpedoes, as this little torpedo of, oh, you need to do this, or, oh, you need to spend time doing that, or, oh, you need to compromise here, when in reality I don't, I think of that torpedo, when it hits my energy barrier, it just physically disintegrates. My belief is so strong that I don't even have to put out any energy for it to disintegrate, because it's just not an option. I don't give it an option where an example and you can hear the southern twang coming out which is kind of hilarious slash embarrassing uh, like alter ego maggie comes out when it comes to like defending what she believes in versus other people not good not bad they just don't know any better other people when they are constantly defending their energy and their beliefs around you know x y and z spending time with their kids having a clean home getting paid consistently and on time it doesn't matter what it is right when they're constantly defending them you have to think of it as like a bug zapper so you have this little energy vortex around you you're your own little mini sun but whereas it disintegrates when it hits me if it's hitting you it's like you're like oh and you have to take your energy and you have to go out and smack it and you have to go out and zap it so you're constantly like using your energy to swat flies for lack of a better word and because it is so exhausting you're always swatting at the flies you're never killing the flies you're never spang- spraying like um bug repellent around you so they are constantly going pop, pop 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 hitting all of these things that are trying to take away your energy versus me that's sitting next to you is not getting affected by the flies at all because every time they come within my little sun radius zzz, 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 they're constantly getting zapped And I'm not expending any extra energy to do it. So I am maintaining whatever current energy level of units that I'm at. Again, that's another episode. If you haven't heard it, go back in the archives. Look for my podcast in regards to energy. But I'm not expending any extra energy zapping all these things. Zap, 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 zap of what I believe in and my non-negotiables and my boundaries. Whereas you, quote unquote you, not physically you, quote unquote you, is constantly taking your energy, it's like an energy hand in my head. You're constantly taking a hand and going quack, 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 quack. Your arm is gonna get tired versus I get to sit here and chill and do nothing. And it's not because I'm lazy. It's not because I'm better than you. It is because I've worked through literally probably one of the longest podcasts I'm going to create outside of probably future tripping. But I've worked through what are my boundaries versus my non-negotiables. I believe in them so fearly or fear fearly, so fiercely that it doesn't matter. They will always be honored because I know where I stand. And if they are not honored, I will move to a place that they are honored. So if you can go back to the beginning of the journal prompt, what's something that you feel strongly about, but you're not implementing? Well, let's take it deeper because again, I want you to actually have a shift not just like a surface level. Ooh, that was cool. So if you do start to implement that thing, whatever that thing is, how would it feel to have your energy freed up? What does that mean? Can you, you know, as a version of clearing up energetic clutter in your life, what does that look like? How does that feel? So the last journal prompt is, why is X important to you? So why is going on vacation important to you? Why is getting paid on time consistently to what you agreed upon important to you? Why is having down days important to you? Why is spending time with your children important to you? Why is spending time with your husbands or your wives important to you? Whatever the thing is that you've been thinking about while we've been going through this episode together, why is it important to you? Give me a really deep why. What emotion does it bring up in you? Does it bring up tears? Does it bring up joy? Does it bring up passion? Does it bring up fierceness? What does it bring up in you? Dramatic pause. (laughs) I want you to dive deep into that because you're going to need, that is the difference probably Why it's so important to you is going to be the difference of starting to create that little energetic boundary that I was talking about that I have, that little energetic sun that automatically zaps shit versus having the energy of having a fly swatter that you're constantly having to hit. If it's really that important to you, you start to create and start to change your lives around that. It doesn't matter that it's a different day. It doesn't matter that it's not a Saturday. Like, I don't care that my down days are not Saturdays. Down days can be Sundays or Mondays. Down days can sometimes be a Wednesday. Um, I can go ahead and sleep in maybe on a Monday versus a Sunday. Maybe I can sleep in on a Sunday. Maybe because sleeping in kind of might not be an option that week. Maybe that means two nights a week I go to bed at like 8 o'clock at night. So I can get my sleep in. You start to... You can hear the examples coming back up. You start to change your, life's, your life around things that are important to you. But if you don't know what they are, it's really hard to change your life around it. So that's why I'd prefer, if you could, with this exercise in particular, go ahead and write this stuff down. Make a list. I've given you in the examples a list of the, pretty much the four things that are extremely important to me. Getting paid on time and consistently at work. Leaving on time. That's a non-negotiable, and the second one was a boundary. And then at home, having a clean home, another boundary, and having down days to recharge is a non-negotiable. So you've heard two different non-negotiables, two different boundaries that I've implemented at home and at work, and you've also heard how they're moving me forward. They're moving me forward because I want to create this very open, expansive feeling when we have a child so that I can soak up as many memories and be as present as possible versus kind of blinking and going, Oh wow, the kids too crap. Where'd the time go? If I say that I failed, you know, outside of like, yeah, of course time's going to fly by, but I wanted to be filled with memories, not filled with a bunch of minutia and bullshit. So with that being said, I'm going to let you go. If you have any questions, you know, the drill, head over to the, pl- to the blog, at or, Or if you've heard me talking about future tripping and taking care of your future self and energy units, but you don't really know what I'm talking about, go into the archives, whatever you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts or if it's Stitcher or something else, go into the archives, listen to those episodes, or you can find them at margaretstevens.co slash podcast. You can find all the archive episodes there. So with that being said, I will bid you a farewell and I hope you have a great night